What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bethel Moments podcast. Today, I have Nehemiah Samuel. He's a worship leader. He wrote the song Yahweh We Praise. Go check it out on Apple Music. Guys, he's not only just an amazing singer and all this stuff, but he's also an amazing man of God and my friend. And uh, he agreed to come on the podcast and talk to you guys. And I'm going to go ahead and just give him the floor. All right. <laughs> hey, man. What's going on, everybody? Um, it's such an honor to uh, be on uh, this podcast with my friend and my my brother Tristan, I love what you're doing in the in the kingdom, uh, um, and just looking forward to all the amazing things you're going to do in the body of Christ. Um, as you're just doing, just you're just killing it right now, man. So, um, you know, I um, <clears throat> I serve here as a uh, as a uh, worship pastor here at uh, Vinnie Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and and Tristan is um, just an amazing kid. Like he's on, he's a part of like all of our worship and production stuff. He serves, he does. A lot of the, a lot of amazing stuff here at the church, and we're just so grateful and thankful to have him a part of our team. Um, I've been able, uh, I've been privileged and uh, to see his growth in a lot of, a lot of areas. It's so funny. He started off leading worship for us, and he was doing an awesome job with that. And we needed some help in our production and our sound and just lighting and creative stuff. And he switched over to that, and he's been killing it. And um, you know, he's been able to like learn stuff that, uh, that it takes years for people to learn. And so we're just, we're just, we just love you, man. We're, we're, we're glad that you're, you're part of the team. So, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, um, I was asked to come in and, and talk a little bit about worship, you know, worship leader, worship pastor, worship director. Uh, and I love talking about worship. I love, um, <clears throat> I love when we have opportunities to sit down and we talk about worship, uh, to one, one to just clarify, and then also demystify some uh, some of our thought process when it comes to worship. Um, and I think it's really cool because a lot of people have this misconception about worship. So when you talk about worship, um, I I want to just like let's just start with what worship is not. Right, worship is not a song. Right, it's not. It's not relocated to a song. It's it's not a fast song. It's not a, a slow song. It's um, uh, worship is is not uh, it's not it's not a feeling. It's it's not you know it's not it's not per se an an emotion, right? Um, uh, worship. So I worship really for me, and I'm and we'll get into the scripture, um, but for me, worship can be um, many different things, right? But the result of our worship for those of us that are believers and um, uh, followers of Jesus Christ uh, should and always be our reverence and gratitude for his divine presence in our life, right? It's all about the recognition and our perspective in which we see um, Christ, right? It's about, it's about us being able to put... Um, him before everything that we do it's it's us being able to um have reverence for a god for 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 god for him sending his only son jesus christ to die on the cross for our sins 
um, and for us being covered by his blood. And because and because he did that, we have a promise. And that promise uh, it says that um, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through as followers of Christ, he will always be with us. And so that translates into literally everything we do, right? What, what we give um, can be a, a sign of worship. Um, what we say, how we live our lives, um, how we respond, our, our posture in, um, in moments of worship, right, uh, matters, right? And so we're just going to get into it a little bit. We're going to talk about worship. Um, we're going we're gonna to dive a little bit uh, into it a little bit. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, in Luke uh, chapter 7, and we're going to go uh, chapter 7, 36. We're going to probably read down to verse 50. It's a uh, uh, passion translation, which is one of my one of my favorite translations. I love NIV and, and, and NLT, and of course King James is just kind of like, eh, right? But we're going to read in the passion translation, and it says, "After Simon, a Jewish a Jewish religious leader, asked Jesus to his home for dinner, Jesus accepted the invitation. <clears throat> when he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table." In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman in the streets known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard that Jesus was at Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader. And in front of all the guests, she knelt at the feet of Jesus, broke broken and weeping she covered his feet and she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face she kept crying and and drying his feet with her long hair over and over she kissed jesus feet then as an act of worship she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume mm -hmm. when simon saw what was happening he thought this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Jesus, Jesus said to Simon, I have a word for you. Go ahead, teacher. Uh, I want to hear, which was Simon's response. And he answered. And then, it's, and then Jesus replied, or said, it's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank, one hundred thousand dollars and the other only owed ten thousand dollars when when it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debt the kind banker graciously wrote off the debt and forgave them all that they owed <clears throat> jesus then begins to ask simon he says now 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 simon tell me which of the two debtors would be more thankful which one would love the banker the most? Simon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt forgiven. Jesus replied and said, you're right. He said, you're right. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She's, she is doing for me what you did not bother to do. When I entered your home as a guest, you did not think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and dried my feet with her hair. You didn't, you didn't even welcome me into your home 
with the customary kiss of greet of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oils, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, all your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said amongst themselves, who is the one who can even forgive sin? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the way of peace. Mm. Yo, <laughs> I, this story is like, it's, it's so rich with like so many, so many different things, right? You go back, let's, let's put this in perspective, right? Um, you have Jesus, he, he's, he's uh, Simon invites him to his house. He goes to Simon's house and you literally have um, Simon who is sitting across the table from Jesus and did not even think to, um, uh, and, and remember this was, these were customary things at the time. Like when you would have a guest or an extinguished guest at your house, you know, you, you kissed her, you'd greet them with a kiss on the forehead, right? You anoint their heads with oil. You'd give them fragrance when they come into it. These are like customary things that did. So literally Jesus comes into Simon's home and, and, and Simon does none of those things. He just invites him in for dinner. He's like, hey, you know, you're at dinner, right? And all of a sudden, as they're, as they're getting ready to break bread, this woman who, 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 you know, who I, who I love, because, because when you think about this woman, when she walks into, uh, when she, first of all, bursts into the door, right? She bursts into the door and falls at the feet of Jesus and she's weeping. And, you know, you, you almost can automatically tell that um, her story, like you can tell like she's been through something that's, that's, that's made her, that's made her in such a need of God's presence that she is almost willing to do anything to, to get to his feet, right? You know, and so she busts into the house and she, she, she crawls in and she starts crying and she's weeping at the feet of Jesus. And then she's wiping his feet with her hair. And then she proceeds to start washing his feet. And what, and, and literally what she's doing in this moment is she's, she's showing extreme that the, I, I, I like the reason I like the passion translation, because it, it, it classifies her act as extravagant, right? And when you think about extravagant, you you normally think about like a super flashy dresser or people who like are doing the most. You ever look at somebody and you're like, <clears throat> man, like they're just really like doing the most. They're like, they're doing a lot, right? You ever been in a moment and you see somebody and they're worshiping and they may be like, you know, just automatically just take off running and they just like, whatever, 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 you know, you're like, oh, wow. Does it take all that? You know, you know, what, what should our response be like when we're in worship? you know how should we respond right and 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 here and here is a clear example of why it's so important to have a proper recognition and perspective of where you see Christ at in your life right here you have Simon who you know you know Jesus Jesus said he said well 
maybe you feel like there isn't many that you should be much that you should be forgiven for. But the Bible also says that we all fall short of the glory of Jesus Christ every day. And so for someone to be sitting across the table and not to feel any any um, obligation to reverence literally Jesus Christ, the same God that performs miracles, signs and wonders, the same God that's all the way through the uh, through Luke who was performing miracles and going around and, and healing healing the, the man with the leper, um, the, the the same the same Jesus who um, was at the met the Samaritan woman at the well, the same Jesus that that um, that did countless and countless miracles. Like um, by by this time in Luke, like everyone knew who Jesus was. You know, they knew what like what what he had been doing here in the earth. And for you to sit across from Jesus and not think to do that, and then go and look at this woman who in many eyes, we were all considered unworthy of the love of Jesus Christ, unworthy of, um, of salvation, unworthy of forgiveness, right? She falls at the feet of Jesus and she literally, in, in passage translation, extravagant, right? Because, you know, she comes and she falls out, she's crying and she's like wiping his feet with her hair. And I, I bet all the people at the table were like, this is a bit much, you know, like it's Jesus Christ, you know, like it's a bit much, you know, you're wiping his feet with your hair. And then you take this, you know, you point, and you know what? That perfume, that the perfume that she used, it's expensive. Most people, you know, you ever go buy a, a super uh, high end, you know, perfume, and it's like you're not going to just be like, you know, like start spraying it all over the place, right? Like you're going to be like, all right, you know, I got to save this. This this perfume cost me, you know, five hundred dollars or whatever. This woman literally just said, just dumped it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's it's clear about her perspective and how she saw Jesus in her life, her need for him, like her desire to be filled and to be made whole and to be forgiven. And, and it translated in what the pastor translation coined as extravagant, right? But that's why we be careful when we look at people who are in, in worship, because when you look at this woman who um, who was probably who they who was probably a prostitute or a prostitute, the Bible calls her a prostitute, um, who had been living an unclean life, and you think about all that she must have gone through, all that she must have must have experienced, all that she um, must be in need of, right? Um, to be at a place where she is at a level of extravagant gratitude and reverence for a God that she knows will change her life for the more, right? And then, and that right there in itself is literally why it's like, it's, it's so important to always make sure that like when we wanna know how we worship, when we wanna understand like what worship is, it's important to make sure that we keep like we keep our reverence and our perspective of how we see and experience Jesus in our lives always in the forefront, right? You go down to, um, we jump over to Genesis four and three, right? Four, uh, Genesis four and three, simple story in Genesis. And um, it's, uh, it's the story of Cain and Abel, right? In the very beginning, it says, in the course of time, uh, this is the uh, NIV version. In the course of time, 
Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering did not, his, I'm sorry, his offering, he did not look, look with favor. So Cain was very angry, 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 and his face was downcast, right? When you look at that story, it says it right there. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So that's how the NIV version reads. When you go like uh, New Living, and, and when you look at King's James, King, King James version of it, it says Cain brought the first and the best as an offering to the Lord. Abel brought some of what was left. So literally you got this contrast in how um, and how Cain saw the Lord versus how Abel saw the Lord. You got the same type of contrast in Luke when and in, in how Simon saw the Lord versus how this woman who was viewed as not worthy saw the Lord, right? And so it begs the question of, for those of us who are really wanting to understand what worship really is, because it's not relocated to a song, it's not relocated to, um, uh, to a beat, it's not, you know, there's no real correlation between a praise song versus a worship song, it really begs the question for those of us that are believers of how do we place, how do we view and how do we place Jesus Christ in our, in our viewpoints, right? That, that's, that's the contrast, right? Because when we have a better, when we place him in his proper place, that in itself, like, will, will get, that will cause us to, to, the the act of worship is then what we get into right but when we look at genesis luke what we're really looking at is a contrast and really the worth that we're putting on our relationship and how we view jesus christ right so it begs the question of what what is he worth to you what what have what have you experienced in life what have you gone through and what have you where have you placed Christ at in those experiences? And how does that translate to how you live your life? How does that translate to what you give? How does that translate to how you treat people? Like all of that, how you treat people, how you live your life, how you, how you, um, how you, how you respond to people, how you respond in moments of worship, corporate worship and worship. Like they all can be clear indicators of your reverence and your and your devotion and perspective of Jesus Christ, right? So it, there's no there's no formula. Like how how do we worship God? We can worship God in 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 treating our neighbors right. We can we can worship God through our obedience to what He's saying. Like we can worship God through the very posture of our of our physical selves in place. But you look at the woman in Luke, she came in and she didn't just run into the room and just be like, look, like, you know, 
Because again, you call somebody extravagant, right? She didn't just run in the room and just like, Lord, Jesus, I need you. Can you just, you know, I just, you know, I, I need you. You know, she literally, she stepped, she literally fell to her feet, fell down to her knees and bowed at the feet of Jesus. And she cried and she wiped his feet with her hair. She poured all her expensive perfume at his feet and, and wiped her feet, his feet with her own hair. Like, not only if Pastor Charles is called extravagant, but there's there's a there's a certain desperation that like this that this woman had to have in in awe and in need of like what Jesus had to offer her. You know what I'm saying? And so I love when we get a chance to talk about worship because um it is it is our 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 job when it comes to worship. Is always make sure that we keep we keep uh, the right perspective and how we reverence him. So again, it can literally be, it can be anything. It can like worship. Like there are many ways that we can worship God. Right? You can worship him through our giving, like financially. We can worship him through our literal, like our 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 our, our posture, our worship. Like when we sing praises to him, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like um, when we when we honor His sovereignty, when we honor His goodness, when we when we literally recognize the goodness of God, we are in that moment worshiping Him. When we speak well of Him, we are worshiping Him. When we sing songs and praises to Him, we are worshiping Him. Those are our acts of worship. Those are what we are literally doing to like worship the name right like we're worshiping the presence we're worshiping what he means in our lives like because worship is important because it always helps us put him back in the proper place like when life gets to start beating us down when when like situations start to frustrate us when we don't have the words to say when we cannot when we cannot articulate um exactly what it is that we're feeling like but the moment that we start to sing praises or, or the moment that we start to pray, the moment that we start to lift up his name and speak well of him and declare his goodness and, the, and, and to declare his promises and, and, and connect it to our, it, it literally connects his goodness and our perspective mashed together. And then we get to see the revelation of the goodness of him in our life. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get to be like, all right, and whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say it as well. Jaira, you are enough. You're more than enough. You are everything that I have ever needed and some, right? So it's literally always keeping Jesus Christ, the our Lord, God, like keep keeping Christ in the proper perspective is how we can always stay, like stay in a great place to worship him you know what i'm saying um worship worship is a beautiful thing like moving moving beyond moving beyond that like i love worship i love worshiping god and whatever that looks like because in those moments when i'm spending time with god when i'm when i'm speaking well of him when i'm when i'm when i'm when i'm, um, when, I'm when i'm confessing to him how much he means to me he not only 
reassures me that he's with me, but he also speaks to me and gives me wisdom and guidance and peace that surpasses even my own understanding. You know, worship, you know, like our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Christ is literally um, a relationship. And anything like, just like any, you know, a romantic relationship, a friendship, a partnership, um, um, if you don't, if you don't nurture it, then it will lose value, right? If you don't take time, like if you're if you if you have a loved one or or, or you're in a romantic relationship and you're trying to figure out like, man, it just seems like you know we're we're not on the same page. And and then you have a conversation and you're like, what's going on? And she's like, well, you know, uh, matter of fact, I'll give you an even better example. I heard this. I heard this conversation a while back, and somebody they were talking about love languages, right? And they were saying like, um, you know, it took a while for my spouse to learn my love love language. They they thought that I was someone who loved gifts, right? So whenever we get in an argument, or there'd be a challenge or whatever, like they'd get they'd go and buy me a gift. But I don't like gifts. I like quality time. And it's like, and then, but it took it took it took the the um, the the nurturing of that relationship it took intentionality of developing that relationship to know like how to better serve the other person and so when you think about our relationship with jesus like our relationship with christ and how if we don't spend time with him how will we know how to keep his word keep his commandments if we if we don't if we don't speak well of him and allow him to pour back into us how will we know where we are at in our journey how will we know like our relationship with christ is just like we have to spend time with him we have to know we have to know him on a deeper level because he knows us and it is us who are we are trying to learn his natures we're trying to learn more of how he what, what how he does what he does because the strive the, the the job the challenge is this for us to always want for us to always live our lives in in resemblance of how christ did like we want to be christ-like and we'll never know how to do that if we never spend time with him you know what i'm saying so um yeah like that's that's what um that's what worship is it's keeping the proper perspective it's making sure that you have the right recognition of who he is in your life and then that and allowing that to translate in everything you do that's so good um something real interesting about that woman um with the jar itself when she brought it and when she poured it on his feet when she used her hair to wipe it you know she not only walked out of that act of worship, but when you worship God, when you walk out of that, you're smelling of his presence. Mm, mm, she, went, she, left, she left that situation smelling like him throughout the mm, day. So not only mm, did he smell like the expensive perfume, she smells like it. And it's, mm, um, that's something like when I go to worship, when I'm worshiping God at work or doing stuff like this, like <clears throat> when I'm going throughout my day, I want to walk out of that intimacy with him smelling like his presence so that people mm. around me they're like 
something seems different about you. What is that? And you can tell them that's Jesus in me. And then that, yeah, that conversation. That's um, good. Yeah, that, that's good. It reminds me of the, uh, the woman at the well, you know, when, when Jesus made her offer, he said, I have, I have water that once you drink, you'll never thirst anymore, you know? And when she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, you know, there was something that instantly changed about her. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 you're right. Like when you when you take that time and you spend time with Jesus and you're nurturing and you're always because you know, on a practical standpoint, it is it is it is it is actually very easy to lose perspective of where Christ is in your life, right? Because you got life. Life will beat you down. Like it will. There will. You know. The, <clears throat> yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord that God is with me. Yea, though I walk. That means you were walking through a valley of the shadow of death, right? But the Lord that God was with me. Like the Bible never promised us. Jesus Christ, God never promised us that we would not go through challenges and turmoils. What he did promise us was that no matter what we went through, he would always be with us. Right. So when you think about it, like there, there, there are times in our lives where we'll, we'll, we'll forget, like we will lose that perspective of, or that recognition of, of like, oh, you know, where is God? Like, you know, but when you, when you spend time with him, when you're in prayer and worship and you're just, and you're in those moments, like you, you allow God to, it's a, it's an exchange. You allow him to pour back into you and rise your faith and help you realize like, He's still right here. I got a, I got a light to follow. I got a, I got, he's a, he's a, he's a lamp unto my, um, unto my path. Right. And so, but just think about it. I tell people all the time, I hear a lot of people say, a lot of Christians and, and really a lot of worship leaders and musicians and stuff. I hear them say this um, far too often. They say, um, I feel like I'm so distant from God. And, and, and that always is a clear indication that, um, I like to use this analogy that we that someone that you've lost sight of Jesus in the crowd, right? Because think about it. Imagine walking side by side with the Lord, right? And then you're in a crowded market and y'all are walking together. And while all of a sudden somebody bumps you and you say, oh, excuse me. But all of a sudden he's he's two steps ahead of you. And you're walking and you're talking and then somebody drops something. There's a loud noise. And you're like, oh, what was that? And then he's like five steps ahead of you. And then you, and then and then different things keep happening. You keep knocking on, keep distracting. You. And then all of a sudden you're like, is that the Lord up there? Jesus, is that you? God, I, I think I, you know, and now you feel like, oh, I'm running. I'm, I'm trying to catch up, but it just seems like I can't catch up to him. And, it, and it, you know what's so funny about that analogy? If you were to stop and say, Lord, I need you, he'd stop and come you know like he he'd come like he comes for us right and so i always think about that because it's like a lot of times for those of us that are believers and and uh and those of us that serve and we you know just quote unquote we 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 feel so distant you know from god it's really us um not placing him in the forefront of what we're going through you got bills that are due and you're trying to figure out everything you can to get those bills paid you got challenges that are going on in life. You got, you know, there, there's 
turmoil and challenges and 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 things that are hitting you from every side and you're like all right i need to do this i gotta do that i need to figure this out i feel like i can't i can't do this i feel like i'm not doing this i feel like i should be doing this i need to be doing that da, 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 da. you know you're doing all this me 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 i i i you 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 when you really should be saying god what are you saying where 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 do i need to replace my worry with your name Ooh. where where do i need to where do I need to say, all right, I don't have any more answers for this. So let me put the one who has all the answers in front of it. Let me, let me, I don't have the words for this, but I know where, who has the words. We spend so much time running in circles, um, trying to figure things out on our own. But the Bible says in all things, like in all things, give things and all things like we should be always seeking his face. Like there is never anything that we should not be seeking after God for guidance. You know what I'm saying? And so like when you when you think about it, it's like, yeah, like I get how we can we can feel like life is beating us up so much. But that again, like when you 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 ever been in like a really good like worship moment and you might have had like a really rough week or rough month or a couple weeks or whatever and you get in that moment and it's just you and God and it's just and it's just one of those times and you get out and you just got a new level of strength you're like you know what what bothered me yesterday I'm not gonna allow it bother me today because I know that there's a promise keeper on my like I know where my help comes from. I know that he is literally the God that makes ways in the wilderness, that he literally is a God that will bring water to the desert. He's the same God that allowed Moses to part the Red Seas. He's the same God that did what I needed him to do in the last season. And I would be foolish to count him out in this season. He's the same God that allowed David to, to defeat Goliath. Like there is literally no secret to the goodness of his name but sometimes you literally just need a reminder of that sometimes we allow the thought the the trick of the enemy to spew out um uh lies over us and we spend more time trying to adjust address the lies and say oh well that ain't true i don't gotta do that or well i feel this i feel that da, da, da. and we allow that to creep in and seep into our minds and our, and then but god is literally saying like if you if you if you build a healthy consistent relationship with me i will always help you keep me in the right perspective of your life i will all like your recognition because you got to recognize me first like you got to recognize who god is right because up until then you're trying to figure it out on your own but the moment that you recognize who god is mm -hmm. is the moment that he will come and help change your perspective on where you see him at mm -hmm. like he will help you like develop that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it really starts with a recognition of who he is and when you get that recognition it's followed with, with reverence gratitude honor you know like 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 hold on what am i worried about like I serve a, I, I am, I have a, I serve a God, like I serve the God, like who mm -hmm. there is nothing impossible for. What mm -hmm. am I worried about? Like God, I recognize that you are God and God alone. And there's no name that is greater than your name, that there, there's nothing that you cannot do. And because of that, I bless your name. Because of that, I am so beyond grateful that you found me where I was sinking 
deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, hope to hope not not to rise anymore. But you reached out and pulled me up, like from the muck and mari clay. Like you found me in a dirty place. You found me in an unclean place. You found me when when I was not worthy. But because I recognize who you are and what you did for me, you as an exchange of that of those moments, God will literally like, I am the God of your peace. I am the God of your salvation. I can change things for your good. I will change things for your good. And here's and here's where here's where obedience comes in, right? Because he may change your perspective and he may tell you something about you that you need to do that's going to turn the whole situation around. You may, you sitting back like, uh, I got to figure this out. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. And then you stop and you're like, all right, I, I recognize who you are, God, and I need your help. You're good. You've been this. And then all of a sudden, God says, all right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and 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 do something, like whatever it is. It could be like, I need you to go pick up an extra shift for a week. And you and you and and in your own mind, you like, well, I thought about that when I was thinking through my own plans, but picking up an extra shift for a week ain't gonna give me enough money for what I need, right? But God is saying, like, no, you come to me, and I'm telling you that if you obey me that week, I'm gonna blow your mind. Mm. And you sitting back, you like, all right, all right, I've been trying to figure this thing out because you're trying to look at it from every angle. You like, all right. Oh, okay. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I sell this, maybe if I, uh, you know what, dang, I'm gonna start beating myself up because I should have been saving more. Oh, now I feel bad because I don't have this or I should have been doing that or I should have did that. And I don't have this and I don't know how I'm gonna get this and I don't have anybody to help. And I'm just da da da. And then the moment you stop, you start recognizing who God is and you start confessing his name. And, he, and God's like, here's what I need you to do. And you're like, but God, I already thought about that. He was like, but you thought about it from your lens. Mm. Let me give it to you from mine. I am the God that provided for thee. And you never know. You sit out there, you know, you may be somewhere and God told you to do something. And because of your act of obedience, which translate to worship to God, God drops something right. You, it causes you to be right where you need it to be, right when you need it to be. There's an old song and it's, it comes from the Bible, but it says, he may not come when you want him to, but he'll be there right on time he's a ram in the bush he's a lily in the valley bright and morning star he's right there when you where you need him to be right at the right time when you release your own ability to figure stuff out when you recognize who god is and you allow him to uh play shift your perspective and allow you and you obey what he's saying it's it's literally all it's all what it's, it's our translation for worship mm. like this is why worship is so important you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i uh there's something you're saying about um i think jesus modeled it perfect where he walked with god constantly and worshiped like um in luke like you see a lot of examples where he goes away to pray you know mm. and there's something interesting that i've been studying uh, when he was walking with God, he'd always walk with God. But when he went on the cross, that was the mm. only time that he was separated from intimacy with God. And that's why he said, mm. why have you forsaken me? 
because he mm. took on our separation and brought us back into intimacy mm. with God. That was good, man. The amazing thing is, is that when we're worshiping, we're using the gift given to us because now we're back into intimacy with God. And mm. I think that a lot of the times we need to just switch our perspective, like you're saying, into not I need to do it, but I get to do it. Mm, yeah everything, yeah everything i do brings glory to god like romans uh 11 36 for from him and through him and for him are all things to yeah, him yeah. glory forever amen and yeah that's good that changed just my entire perspective on that is just like when we when we're going through something hard and like like you're saying like we're not able to pay the bill and we're like, God, I need to do this. I need to do that. I feel like God's calling you guys who are listening to switch your perspective from I need to to I get to. Because yeah. when I get to heaven, I want him to say, son, I'm proud of you. Mm. Mm. That's good, man. You, you made me think when you were talking. That's really good. And it made me think, too, is because, uh, was it, uh, uh, First Peter uh, 2, uh, First Peter 2, verse 21. And there's a lot of different translations. I think the NIV, NIV version says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. The New Living Translation says, but God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. So literally like that coming together, like they're like we're almost called to, to suffer with Christ as well. Like there's a responsibility that we have as well in our pursuit to be Christ-like, you know, because that's what he did on the cross. And so yeah, like I I think that um you're you're absolutely right. Like that that is good. Like Jesus walked with God up into that to that point. And um and and he did that for a very specific reason to pull us back and now we have to follow in that example of like because you know and that suffering sometimes you know it really makes me think about like um I, I do believe that God will crush us he will break us um but he only does that to rebuild us mm. right to remold us to, to 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 bring us back up to where he where he needs us to be and so I just think that um as believers and as followers of Jesus, as of Christ, like um, our responsibility is to always, like you said, be Christ-like. And, and the way we saw Jesus Christ do that was like in constantly spending time with the Lord, constantly um, um, uh, taking the time out and seeking after him. Because, you know, you imagine such a specific journey that Jesus Christ was on, um, how, how obedient he had to be to live his life the way that he lived it, to get, to fulfill his purpose, like it requires constant communication, constant development in hearing and doing and following and obedience from God to, to walk out that life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, something just got highlighted to me um, while you were talking. The Right before in Matthew 14, Jesus goes and he it goes up to the mountain to pray and then they go onto the water. And um, that was right after he lost his friend. And what's, mm. what's interesting is that that act of climbing to the top of that mountain must've been hard. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and he had to come right back down, but he was obedient to go up to the mountain to pray in his grief. Mm. So, and I think that that takes a lot of like, like, like connection with God. Like we, we all need to just like, like take on, go and separate from the situation, take in the situation, separate yourself and go and have that intimate moment with God. And I, I believe it'll change our lives when we separate ourselves and bring God into the situation and ask him to, yeah. to take over, or like help me have just a call. Yeah. Yeah. That's good well, stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, I would like you to pray for everybody if you could. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Lord, um, we just want to say that we are just so um, grateful and thankful that we um, have an opportunity to serve a God like you. Like we are thankful that your name is greater than every other name on earth, that there is, there is nothing that compares to your goodness. There is nothing that even comes close to, to your sovereignty. And God, we just want to reverence you for being the, the, the God that provides for us. We want to recognize and bless you for being the uh, being God that sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. God, we, we just want to say that we are so beyond thankful and grateful for all that you have done in our lives and all that you are continuing to do in our lives. And God, we, our, our heart's prayer today is that you will continue to always pull us closer to you, that you will always continue to draw us near to you so that we can always uh, reverence you and keep you in the proper place and the proper recognition that you deserve because you are the same God that has done so much for us over our lives. God, you are the same God that has healed us. You are the same God that has brought us out of addiction. You are the same God that has made ways for us when there seemed to be no way. And we know that in you, all things are possible. We know that in you, there is no secret to your goodness. We know that in you, that you have plans for us to prosper and live a life that is full and joyous. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you. And we want to we want to declare that today and forevermore, our answer will be yes. Whatever you are requiring of us, our answer will be yes. Whatever you are calling us to, our answer will be yes whatever whatever doors you are closing and whatever doors you are calling us to walk into our answer will be yes and for the rest of our days we will be found giving you everything that we have we will be found giving you all of our worship we'll be found giving you all the glory we'll be found giving you all the honor and all the praise in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you bro yeah man